Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Uh, hey, uh, I'm on camera this week. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week's been a lot better than last week, uh, as people who listen are aware. Uh, the horrible week that I had last week uh, got yeah. emotional talking about it. This week's been uh, healing, uh, you know, for both me and you know, spending some spending some time with the people I care about. Um, spent the uh, weekend over at my friend Chastity's house. Uh, my friend Chastity, whose husband passed away, uh, my f- who's also a dear friend of mine, Gary, uh, back in the summer. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do for her I wanted to give her a memento of some form or fashion uh, to show both my love for them and my appreciation for them and also something that she could have as a, a as a keepsake a reminder and there's a website called Hero Forge where you can custom design miniatures now to commemorate my transition i ordered a miniature of myself pre-transition and it's just me standing in an a stance holding a coffee mug you know t-shirt cargo shorts and a ball cap like i used to wear because hey fashion um but i was like do they have guitars and I'm like, of course, they've got to have guitars. Gary was a brilliant, incredibly talented musician. Sold me my first guitar back in 2002. Unfortunately, nerve damage. I couldn't keep up and ever get it right because nerve damage in my hand, so I sold it. But I looked on the Hero Forge website, sure enough. They had guitars, and they had electric guitars. So I designed a miniature with the closest hairstyle I could find of Gary's, um, the closest facial hairstyle, uh, put glasses on him like because he wore glasses, put a wedding band on him because they were married, and had him playing an electric guitar, kind of legs spread, holding the guitar, hunched over, knees bent, head down, playing it. And I painted that miniature up. And I didn't try to replicate his tattoos because he had an enormous amount of tattoos. Now, this is an inch-tall figure. So the forearm is minuscule, and there's no way I could do his tattoos justice. So I left his arms bare. Uh, it's, it's a representation of him in spirit, you know, not mm-hmm. uh, true representation, true to life. But... You know, put him in a pair of jeans, pair of black shoes, black tennis shoes, and black t-shirt. Almost tried to freehand a black label society because, you know, that was one of his favorite t-shirts to wear to concerts was a black label society shirt. But I didn't because uh, my freehand skills aren't that good on something that small. But the guitar itself, I wasn't sure what color to paint it. Gary was a huge fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I painted the guitar uh 
Philadelphia Eagle green. And of course the strings are silver, which is their alternate, their uh, secondary color, green and silver. And I painted that up and I presented it to Chastity this weekend. And she saw it and she's like, I love it. Now she doesn't show emotion a lot, but later on in private, when we weren't in front of anyone, her mother and her sister both teared up. Her sister had known about it for a while. Her sister helped me finalize the design. But we were out on her porch talking later that first night. And she said, that's the greatest gift that, you know, aside from her marriage and her child, you know, as for a physical gift that somebody has given her outside of the home. She said that was the greatest gift that she's ever been given. So that, you know, made me happy and getting to spend time. Yeah. Getting to spend time with her and her sister and mother and her daughter this weekend. You know, we had, we had intended to dress up for Halloween and go to a Halloween party. We got dressed up and then my stomach said, fuck you. You ain't going nowhere, but to the bathroom repeatedly. Over and over and over. So we ended up just taking our costumes off after a couple of hours and piling up on the couch with pizza and Netflix. And, you know, that was that. Was that. And I came home Sunday and chilled, watched the Raiders get their asses beat. Uh, they need to fire Josh McDaniels. Fuck that team right now. They fucking fire that head coach right fucking now. Horrible what they've done to my beloved Raiders. I was uh, I was at work when that game was on, and I just kind of looked at my phone, saw the final score, and was like, "Oof, <laughs> oof." Yeah, you just sent me a four letter text that said "ouch." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah." First time they've been shut out since the twenty fifteen season or twenty sixteen season. So yeah, I'm pretty angry. I was upset at that. But uh, other than that, just been playing some video games. I've got my hair done. Uh, Nice and pretty red. And if you go to YouTube, you can see me on camera and see my pretty red hair. Uh, my natural red hair. I'm not wearing a wig. It's all curled and fixed. Got my nails done today. Got them. Got me some purple claws. And, uh, yeah. that's That's been my week. Uh, it's been a good week. Um, and I apologize for that noise if you hear that in the background. Do you hear that? I do, but I don't. It's not... It's not loud enough to be a problem. It's a problem, all right. My cat decided to go into her litter box and drop a deuce. And she's about as fragrant as a sewer. Uh, well, while you're dealing with that, uh, I'll go ahead and tell my week. So, Yeah, yeah. How was your week? Woo! Uh, Woo! <laughs> so, on, um, I don't, it was like, it was last week at some point, my buddy Andy texts me and he goes, have you seen halloween ends yet and i was like i haven't watched halloween or halloween kills um which is crazy to think because i've watched all the halloweens why wouldn't i catch up with this one you know yeah um so i looked up where i could find halloween and you can only rent it so i was like i have four bucks i'll rent it no big deal i thought it was um, available on peacock no halloween kills and ends are but the oh, first okay one, the 2018 one so I wouldn't watch the hell uh, uh, the 2018 one on like, because I only work three days a week, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I think it was 
Friday night or Thursday night, I had ended up watching Halloween. And I was like, you know what? I'll go through this work week. Sunday night, the night before Halloween, I'll watch Halloween Kills. And then on Halloween, I'll watch um, Halloween Ends with my mom. That was yeah. that was the goal because she had she she likes horror movies. She got me and my brother into horror movies. Like that's brothers. That's why we like horror movies is because she was like, we'll watch this together. And we were like, this is fun. That being said, um when it came to like so so when it came to to Sunday night, I got upstairs and I was like, all right, here we go. I'm gonna watch Halloween Kills. And I told my mom, I said, hey, I'm going to go up there and watch it. And we'll, you know, we'll watch Halloween ends on uh, on Halloween. She was like, cool. I, I finished Halloween Kills. There was enough time in the night. And I said, mom, do you want to watch Halloween ends? Because have you watched any of the three, Maya? I have seen Halloween and Halloween Kills. I haven't watched ends yet. And I intended okay. to last week. But, you know, last yeah. week being what it was, I didn't get to it. Yeah, it's understandable. Uh, so Halloween ends, oh not Halloween ends, Halloween is, is fun. It's a good, it's a good Michael Myers movie. Halloween he kills was good. Yeah. He kills a bit more in this one than he has in like other good Halloween movies, but it was so much fun. I didn't care. And then Halloween kills is a fucking comedy. That movie is a, is not even kind of. Like, well, first off, none of them are really scary. Um, but the scene in the car next to the fucking park, I don't know if you remember that scene. It is hilarious. Is that the one with the nurse? <laughs> nurse. But yes. I, I do use quotation figures because she, uh, she, um, uh, she was in a nurse's like a sexy nurse outfit. Yeah, yeah, that's why I yeah. called her a nurse. That scene was straight funny. The whole thing was comedy. Big John and Little John were funny. That's my point. The whole fucking movie is hilarious with grotesque death scenes. And don't get me wrong, I didn't dislike Halloween Kills. It just was funny to me. It was it became a horror comedy. Which I'm not against. And then I watched Halloween. We watched Halloween ends that night because I was like, I got time. Let's watch it before Halloween. My, I don't want to ruin your experience watching this movie. I've heard it's bad. Two out of ten. Ooh. Yeah. It, this gets a solid D or C minus from me. Maybe D plus. It is. It is rough. That's what I've heard. But give it give it a watch. Let me know what you think. Because my theory on it is that it it much like um, the fifth uh, Die Hard movie, where it was a different script entirely, and then they, yeah, that's how this movie feels. It was a different script, and they just were like, let's tie you know the end of Halloween because there is two scenes in this movie that feel better written than the whole film, and they include Jimmy Lee Curtis's character. Okay. So, um, anyway, so, uh, we were like, mom and I were like, well, we want to watch something, a horror movie on Halloween. What do we do? Well, Halloween rolls around last Monday because of her 
mental illness of not being able to leave the house and all that kind of stuff. She has not been to the doctors or the hospital in a long time, over two years. She was, she was due for a lot of different types of shots being at her age. She ended up getting four shingles, flu, COVID and pneumonia. Yeah. She is still suffering from it right now. Like her body is still struggling, but you got to keep in mind, like that's a lot of vaccines to take at once. It really is. It's a Um, lot. Like I've had both the flu vaccine and COVID booster on the same day, different arms and woo made me feel like a truck hit me for about 18 hours, but they wouldn't let me get my pneumonia vaccine for another few weeks until afterwards. Uh, so for her to get all four of those in one day, yeah, holy shit, yeah. Like I knew that she was going to be hurting for a minute, for a minute. She didn't know. She thought she her first a week was going to be far. <laughs> no, absolutely not. One of the symptoms that she's had from the COVID vaccine, by the way, is the uh, uh, lack of ability to smell or taste. Really? Yep. Which is totally possible. It's totally Hmm. possible. And it's especially like you have to keep in mind, there's two things about my mom. She She is a smoker, big time. And smoking does lower your immune system. Um, I mean, (laughs) well, I do it too. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, shunning smoking. I mean, no, no. Not that I'm promoting it either. But it is a. It is a scientific fact that smoking does lower your immune system. Plus, she's not out of the house. She doesn't go into public settings. Her immune system is not as strong as it used to be. So I knew that getting those four was going to be tough. So we got into an argument because as we don't have a car, we're trying to figure out how we're going to get our dogs to the to, to their comprehensive appointment. Because they have them at the same time. We just need to schedule it. And I, we were talking to the woman that helped us, which is my mom's friend, get to the hospital last Monday. And it was, um, her name's Patricia. And Patricia was like, yeah, I'll come pick you up. I know it's going to be early, whatever day. I'll come pick you two up. You know, we'll, we'll go there together with both dogs. And then, uh, you know, like, I know that you have to pick them up in the afternoon. So I'll pick you guys up and it'll be like a Monday or Tuesday. Done and done. My mom kept asking my mom, the other friend, the one that takes me to the store on every Wednesday, um, Tanya, to bring over a carrier. And I go, why do we need a carrier? Originally, we needed a carrier because uh, I was going to try to take an Uber. Oh, okay. But since we had a friend, we didn't need an Uber. Or sorry, we didn't need a... um, Didn't need a carrier. You could hold the dogs in the vehicle. So I go into the room where I'll tell you what movie we're about to watch um, in a minute, but, uh, and she goes, Hey, Tanya will be here Wednesday with a carrier and to take you to the store. I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, we need a carrier for the dogs. I was like, why? Well, cause of their comprehensives. No, I know. No, I know. I got that part. That isn't the confusing part. Why do we need the carrier? Well, how else are we going to get them there? You can't, you can't carry them with an Uber. And I was like, mom, we literally had a conversation last Monday about this. And she's like, we didn't have this conversation. This goes on for a couple more minutes. And I finally went, 
we sat in the hospital talking to Patricia. And she agreed to do this. Why are you somehow forgetting this? I'm not forgetting anything, Greg. I'm like, oh my God. Patricia says she would come and pick us up early on Monday. Or not Monday, but whatever day we schedule it. And then also help us pick them up. She said yes to that. Why is this becoming a thing? Well, every time we have, like, when we have a conversation like this, you, th- you make me feel like I'm going crazy because I forgot. I'm not the one making you do anything. Like, you're making these choices. It's like I all of a sudden wasn't, wasn't part of a conversation. I suddenly wasn't part of a, of a situation that we had agreed upon. And she's just like, she kept pushing back. And I'm like, you know what? I, do, I don't have, I'm not in the mood for this and I, I don't care. And I just walk back into my room. She texts me. She goes, come back in here. I'll keep my mouth shut. So I get up and I go, I was like, mom, I don't want you to keep your mouth shut. What I want you to understand is that you haven't been eating for four fucking days because you can't taste or smell anything and everything makes you sick. So your brain is already kind of going to be wishy-washy. You're tired. You're exhausted. Your body is going in overdrive right now. So you forgetting something is going to happen and you not accepting that is what's pissing me off. And she kind of gives me this look and I went, you don't have to believe me, but when you took four uh, vaccines at once, it kind of fucked up your body. And it's going to take a minute for your body to recover. So how about, and just hear me out on this, let me fucking take care of things. Okay, all right. I just, I don't, like, when, when you tell me that we had a conversation that I don't remember, I feel like I'm losing my mind. And I was like, mom, I never said you're losing your mind. You forgot a conversation. And instead of accepting that you forgot part of the conversation is fine. You arguing with me like I'm the one going through this problem is not okay. She was like, she was like, okay, all right. I just want to watch the movie. And I'm like, that's fine. But we don't need the carrier. We really, really don't. We'll just take it just in case. Fine, we'll take it just in case. Jesus Christ. So the next day on the 1st, Patricia calls my mom. Oh, no, Patricia had agreed to, because my dad had to go uh, to the hospital on Tuesday to um, the the thing for dialysis that he has in his arm. I can't remember the name. The fistula. Mm -hmm. Um, It needed to be inflated because, or raised or something. Uh, because the people in the dialysis clinic couldn't find it because, you know, we have thick arms. Uh, so uh, she said she would, t- she would pick him up. Oh, no, that he had to take an Uber there and that she would pick him up when he was done, which was great. I was happy to hear that. So Patricia comes, home, comes to the house. She bought lunch for us. I was like, you didn't have to do that. You're already doing us a favor, but... Um, so mom goes, not to start an argument, but oh, geez, just say it. And Patricia goes, yeah, Kathy, we had that conversation in the hospital. We talked about that, that I'd help. That whatever day you get, whatever day you guys schedule, as long as it was Monday or Tuesday, that I'd help. Mom goes, well, I don't remember that at all. And I'm like, oh, it's because you're not eating. Like it was <laughs> it's two days of this. Shit. And then, and then like yesterday morning on Wednesday, She's she's downstairs and she's like, I'm real dizzy. And I'm like, why'd you go downstairs? Stay in your fucking bed. If you need something, if you're hungry, I'll go get the food for you. I'd rather do that than you fucking fall down the stairs because you're you're lightheaded. 
Oh. Hey, mom and dad, I'm going to stay in the house and help you guys with whatever you need. So that way, you know, because you guys are, you know, older and whatnot. So let me know if you need anything. No, nah, I still want my independence, but. Yeah. Anyway, so that's been my week. Other, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch 2. A lot. I've actually uploaded quite a few clips onto my Twitter account. So there's that. Chubrook Geek, go follow it. You'll see clips if you care. The movie that we watched, by the way, which I had never seen. So I think I told you about this. There was a, uh, there was a college that did a study. They had a thousand people. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, um, the effect of the heart rates. Uh, uh, horror movies, the 10 scariest, most intense, like heart rate inducing. Not just heart rate. They did. Um, uh, they, they, had a, they had a camera on their face to check their pupils. Their heart rate and their body temperature. Because they want to see how adrenaline was flowing. And uh, according to science, the top 10 scariest movies of all time is Sinister, Insidious, The Conjuring, Hereditary, Paranormal Activity, It Follows, The Conjuring 2, The Babadook, The Descent, and The Visit. I've seen both of The Conjurings on there. And uh, Hereditary. I only, previously to this list, I had only seen Hereditary and Paranormal Activity. Hereditary fucked me up. Movie's intense. Um, yeah, it is. Well, I, always, I, I I really enjoy Paranormal Activity. It's the sequels that suck. Um, whoops. It's a, it's a fun movie, but... Uh, so we watched Sinister, because it was number one. Oh, okay. I wanted to see why it was so scary. It's pretty fucking spooky, but it's not, it, it only has a couple jump scares. One is really ter- telegraphed. Like you see that shit coming a mile away, but it's eerie. The whole fucking movie is eerie. If you haven't seen it, I suggest watching it. It's from 2012. It was on uh, Peacock, I believe. Peacock? But Peacock? Uh, the, the general plot is that Ethan Hawke's character is a uh, uh, true crime novelist. And he moves his family into this house because he knew that the family, that all four were hung from a tree in the, in the backyard or front yard. I don't remember which it was. And um, what makes it so suspicious is that there is no evidence of somebody else killing them. And the youngest kid is just gone. But the other four were hung from the tree. He gets there. He goes into the attic and he finds a a specific, specific, a uh, suspicious box full of um, super eight videos and and a camera to play them. He starts watching them and he learns that there are multiple families in very similar scenarios. Four family members get murdered. The youngest kid is gone, just disappears. Hmm. Upon watching them, things get real spooky because it's, 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 it's a supernatural entity. Just FYI. Not that that was like, I, I knew that going in, but, um, but yeah, so that's the general plot without spoiling it. And it just makes you feel uneasy the whole time, which is my favorite kind of horror. 
either you want to go full camp and gore or you want to go creepy. I hate, yeah. I kind of hate horror movies that don't make me feel uneasy and they just try to get you with as many jump scares as possible. And I'm like, it's it's just lazy. It's just lazy. I mean, add jump scare here and there is fine. You know, for a movie, sure. More than two is pushing it. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you know, the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. There was a really good jump scare in that car between the sisters, and that was like episode eight or nine. Yeah. Jump scares uh, can be really effectively good horror. Like, I'm not knocking jump scares. I'm just knocking movies that try to use them incessantly. Oh my god. If you have more if you have like a fucking jump scare per minute quota, I don't want to watch your movie. Yeah. I just don't. So um but yeah, so I plan on watching all ten of these movies eventually. I mean I'm down I got you know seven more to watch because I watched three already. So well if I'm not mistaken, the entire conjuring series is on HBO Max. A like, lot of them are streaming, yeah. I think there there are like seven of them and they're Good. I mean, one and two are on there, so there's that. Yeah, I'll look at the list of all seven and get it to you. Uh, All right, well, I recommend them. I'll tell you this: me and Madison watched them over the course of several nights, and apparently, the one about Annabelle creation, I think it was, Mm -hmm. scared her so bad that she wouldn't come out of her room at night to use the bathroom, and she peed in her trash can. Jesus. Yes. Now, this was a couple of years ago. She doesn't know that I know this, so I'm whispering it. I hope she didn't hear me. But, yeah. So, she's 15 now, but still. There, there's some good creeping. Yeah. Yeah. Good creep. no, I love, fucking love horror movies, so. Uh, but, yeah, it was fun. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead and get to our our list here since we're done talking about our weeks uh today guys we're going to be reviewing um and in this order uh tales of the jedi which there's all six episodes on disney plus they're shorts which we'll get to that in a minute uh trios of horror 33 on disney plus Uh, it was not on disney it was on hulu because i searched for it on disney plus and it was like no not today i was like okay um and then andor episode nine which is on disney plus so um yeah uh well let's get into tales of the jedi all right well tales of the jedi six episodes all six written uh by dave filoni but none directed by dave filoni four of them were directed by Saul ruiz one by charles murray and one by nathaniel uh villanueva um but they essentially focus on ahsoka tano and count dooku um is essentially what they focus on. Um, they range in length from 12 minutes to 18 minutes. You can watch all six of them in under an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to run recap down out of all six. Like an anthology movie is what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to recap all six right fast. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one is called Life and Death, and it shows the. Uh, the birth of uh, Sokotano, and a uh, year after her birth, 
an infant Ahsoka is taken on her first hunting trip with her mother, Pav Tano. Both are surprised by a large predatory animal which kidnaps Ahsoka. After Ahsoka subdues the animal and has it return her to her village, the village elder realizes that she is a Jedi. Then it shifts to Count Dooku uh, in episode two called Justice. And it shows Jedi Master Dooku and his Padawan Qui-Gon Jinn uh, are sent to a planet to retrieve a senator's kidnapped son. As it turns out, the senator is starving and abusing his people, leading to the kidnapping. As the senator attacks and threatens to make an example of all involved, Dooku uses a force choke to intervene, but is stopped by his Padawan before he kills the senator. Uh, episode 3 is called Choices. Actually, this one wasn't written by Dave Filoni. It was written by Charles Murray, who also uh, directed this one. The rest of them weren't written by Dave Filoni. Yeah. Uh, Choices. Jedi Masters Count Dooku and Mace Windu investigate the mysterious death of one of their own. As it turns out, the Senator's guard killed the Jedi in a failed attempt to force the corrupt Senator to include them in his plot. After the attackers are subdued, Dooku is passed over as a member of the High Council in favor of Windu, as the Council does not condone his aggressive methods. I mean, have they seen Mace Windu behead a motherfucker? <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, episode four is called The Sith Lord, and the note at the bottom of this one that says this episode takes place concurrently with the events of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, so Qui-Gon informs the High Council of his encounter with Darth Maul and Tatooine. Dooku warns him that the Council will not take him seriously. After Qui-Gon's death, Jedi Master Yaddle discovers that Dooku has been collaborating with another Sith Lord, Darth Sidious. Confronting them, Yaddle is killed by Dooku in order to preserve his secret, solidifying his fall to the dark side. Um... Episode 5 is called Practice Makes Perfect. Disappointed with a battle simulation she has to fulfill, Anakin Skywalker devises a rigorous exercise for his Padawan Ahsoka Tano, where she has to overcome a group of clones. Practicing the drill for years, Ahsoka is able to survive Order 66 during the seventh season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And then Episode 6 is called Resolve. After Padme Amidala's death and the fall of the Republic depicted in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and the seventh season of The Clone Wars, Ahsoka goes into hiding and becomes a farmer. After the brother of a farmer she saved with the Force realizes her true identity and reports her to the Empire, the village is massacred by an Inquisitor, the Sixth Brother. Ahsoka kills the Inquisitor and joins the Rebellion. Uh, note, this episode loosely adapts the events of the 2016 novel Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. So that's a quick rundown of those six episodes. Um, I really enjoyed these a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say they they're they're a lot of fun. It's 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 because Ahsoka is arguably the main character of uh, um, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. So at the end of Clone Wars, or at least that that you know, short series they had on Disney Plus after the show had technically gotten canceled. Um, it kind of showed her just walking away from the Jedi before Order 66. So seeing her kind of go through like what post Order 66 was is fucking cool. 
it was really fucking cool to see. But they also cleverly spaced that out with you know, the Dooku stuff. And it's like, we knew that Dooku was a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And he turned to the dark side at some point. But we never got that information. We never got that part of the story. So to see those three separate timeline tales of him turning to the dark side were fucking awesome. Um, I do want to point something out, though. If you watch this, Yaddle, who has Mm -hmm. been, who wasn't super well known. uh, I mean, she was just briefly seen in a scene in the Phantom Menace in the council chamber. Was she not? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Because people were like, why does Yoda have hair? Um, It's a female Yoda species. She didn't speak. I don't believe she did anyway. No, she didn't have a speaking role. That's what I thought. Um, She does hear. And people were very curious, like, does Yoda's backwards talk, is that related to his race? Like, why does he do that? It was always, it was always assumed that that was his race, right? Turns out it's not. Uh, Both Bryce Dallas Howard, who voices her, and Dave Filoni have said that George Lucas had mentioned this to them a long fucking time ago, that in a Hollywood back lot far, far away. She uh, or that Yoda speaks that way in honor of his old master from years ago, which then leads to the whole like, who was his old master? Why did his old master speak that way? Because Yaddle does not, Yaddle talks normal, yep, or at least formal, I should say, in regards to being on the Jedi. She she dies normal too, lightsaber. She died. She died like a badass. If I'm being honest, so oh, oh, she did. She absolutely did. Um, Dooku's a bitch. Uh, but yeah. So I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was super fun. I hope they do more of this. Just like short stories that are it in regards to uh, characters that we don't have a whole lot of story for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some little a little connective tissue here and there. And, you know, they don't have to do it strictly for Jedi. No. They could do Tales of the Bounty Hunters. You know, give yeah. me an IG-88 story. Fucking, you know, I want to see Dengar's dump truck. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if we'll get to see it in Andor, but I'd love, you know, to know how, uh, what's his ass, um, teamed up ass? with him eventually. The the robot. Um, IG-88. Is that IG88? I thought IG88. Oh, you're weird. talking about K2SO teams up with Cassie. K2SO. Yes, 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 yes. I was like, IG88's a, a bounty hunter. I was like, that's not what I'm talking about at all. Um, no, no. Yeah. I like seeing things like that. Same here. It just, it's so many people are incorrect and quick to jump to it and say it's fan service it's fan service it's not fucking fan service first of all you're misusing the term fan service is when a girl in anime shows off boobies or skimpy clothing school girl outfits that's fan service mm-hmm. um connective tissue uh easter eggs callbacks references things to you know just working it together it's giving people touchstones of things that they realize like oh this takes place here which also coincides with this taking place here linking these two events loosely you know it's not fucking fan service it's storytelling it's what it is 
Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I, that, that's, I mean, we've had that conversation. People love using terminology out of place and then it just kind of spirals out of control and people start using it incorrectly. Um, Cause everything that's made with characters that you already know, like the entire story that y'all seem to fucking love of Obi-Wan Kenobi is just fan service. That entire season is fan service. Um, if by you're the, using the terminology the that they're use, using. By the yeah. incorrect use of the terminology, yes. Yeah, sorry. The way that they use it would be just fan service. So, um, do fans piss me off so fucking much. Uh, they do, but you know what? What grade would you give this as a whole? Oh, it's a solid A. Um, I don't think it's an A+. Plus. Like, it's nice to see that connective tissue, and they're short enough to where I don't feel like I'm investing too much of my time. Like, we've had three things from Star Wars that are prequel, sequel, sort of, like, right in the center of the story. And one of them I just don't love. And the reason being is that there was no stakes for me. There was no characters that were new that were brought in that I was like, they could live or die. I have no fucking clue. Um, that felt very much the same way with Tales of the Jedi. Like we got a lot of characters that we knew about, that we knew they're the fucking outcome, right? We didn't know that Dooku killed Yaddle. Um, no, well, that's that's my point. Is that it that didn't, was cool? It didn't matter Yaddle's fate. Is my point? Yeah. Whether yeah. she lived or died in that scene, it's very likely she died during Order sixty six. So whatever. That being said, it was nice to have that very short digest like super digestible connective tissue whereas you know with with uh fucking um obi-wan kenobi i had to invest six hours of my time over the course of six weeks to watch a series that ultimately didn't fucking matter that's my point and and it's but frustrating that, but that chase scene greg everyone's like but that fight between obi-wan and 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 vader and i'm like sure it was cool it was unnecessary Oh, it was cool. I loved it. Um, but the, but, but with it Andor, necessary, but yeah, with Andor, there's only two characters in the entire show we know the fate of. That's it. Yep. And so, like, when it comes to Star Wars, like, if we're gonna have that shit where we just know the outcome of characters, but we're just having some kind of story to to piece together something, like, Tales of the Jedi could have just been about Ahsoka and like where we're going to meet her in her show. I get that that's not, you know, entirely the case. They wanted to give a little bit on, on, uh, Dooku, which is great. But yeah, I don't know. I, uh, oh, apologies. Huh. Uh, yeah. What'd you, what would you, what grade did you give it? I also give it an A. Uh, I thought it was well done and it was fun. Uh, you know, some interesting things that weren't officially canon, now are um essentially but yeah a lot of fun is a good way to spend the afternoon uh for an hour and a half a couple of days ago when i got to watch it um really liked it a lot you know don't want to go too in depth on any of the specific episodes because we already spoiled quite a few of them uh but it does these these write-ups don't do the actual watching of the episodes justice give them a watch for yourself if you're a star wars fan i think you'll really dig them yeah all right uh on to the next one 
this was the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 33. Yeah. And it was split up into three different uh, sections. One was called the Puka Duke. One was called Death Tome. And one was called Simpsons World. So what we're going to do with this, because Maya hasn't watched any of the three that they're parodying. Uh, we're going to go to each one. Not re- not review it per se. I mean, I guess we'll review it, but not give a score. So we're going to score to the whole thing. But I want to get Maya's opinion on each one before I tell her what the actual story was. Or the, like, you, you get what I'm getting at. So, um, Puka Duke. So, basically, Marge is reading Maggie a bedtime story. And one particular book called The Puka Duke keeps popping up despite not knowing where it came from. She decides to read the book to Maggie and, and after Maggie insists. However, the book provides to be too scary for both Marge and Maggie, so she stops reading it and puts it back. Later that night, Maggie wakes up screaming. Marge runs into the room to find that Maggie is scared of the book, which has somehow made it into her crib. Marge rips up the book and throws it into the trash outside. The next morning, the doorbell rings. Marge opens the door to find the Puka Duke on the doorstep, having been repaired. She throws the book onto the barbecue and burns it. A page from the book falls out of the fire. Marge reads it, finding out that the book wanted Marge to burn it. The Puka Duke then emerges from the flames and possesses Marge in the form of uh, smoke rising from the fire. The Puka Duke decides to kill Maggie, but the rest of the family gets in the way, so the Puka Duke sends the family away on an overnight aquarium sleepover and then gets to work on trying to kill Maggie. Maggie escapes and hides in the basement, locking the door. She then starts putting together recalled baby gear and toys to make a trap for the Puka Duke. When the Puka Duke breaks into the basement, Maggie launches a flaming doll at it. However, the Puka Duke shrugged it off unscathed. Maggie then shot at the Puka Duke with a crayon gun but missed. As the Puka Duke started to go downstairs, it tripped on the crayon and fell unconscious. The Puka Duke went, I'm really tired of saying the Puka Duke. Uh, it, it's fine. Okay. The Puka Duke wakes up to find that it's been tied up by Maggie. Maggie tries to get through to Marge by showing her a homemade mug that was gifted to her, but the Puka Duke doesn't care. Maggie then tries to show Marge a photo from the photo album of them together, but only finds photos of the family having fun whilst Marge is busy with other stuff. Eventually, the Puka Duke does break free, and Maggie finds her, flings herself up to the uh, flings herself up to the stairs. However, she doesn't make it up fully and ends up hanging on for a life, seeing no way out. Maggie gives up and falls in the arms of the Puka Duke. Maggie then touches Marge's cheek, which finally gets through to Marge. Marv coughs up the Puka Duke, then vacuums it up with the outdoor vacuum she got for her birthday one year. As Marge and Maggie make up, Homer and the kids return from the aquarium after the kids got sick. Wow, it's a big write-up for a nine-minute short. Yeah, I was like, that was all. That was too much. That was arguably too much of a of a synopsis. Well, what did what did you think of it, having not seen the Babadook, which is the the parody of what it is? okay i mean i didn't dislike it but i didn't fall in love with it you know i'm trying to you gotta think i've not watched an episode of the simpsons since episode 300 that was back in 2003 yeah jesus christ that's the last time i watched an episode of the simpsons i was like They've done everything. It's not. I wasn't finding it funny anymore. The last thing I found funny in The Simpsons was the Screamapillar. 
and it showed up in the Treehouse of Horror in 2003 or 2004. That was the last time The Simpsons made me laugh to this day. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ, that was so fucking long ago. I I'll, I'll, I can say that I've laughed at The Simpsons. You're like, like, of course, I haven't kept up with The Simpsons, like, you know, every week or whatever, but I get clips of them and whatnot, and, and they have a lot of funny clips, but... Yeah. Um, so, so the Babadook is very similar to the Pukaduk. It's just fucking way more condensed. Um, it's it's a, it's a similar plot. You know, the mom finds the book, but I think she brings the book home because she 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 uh, she knew it was like a picture book or some to that effect. And uh, upon reading it, um, it makes the baby very uneasy. It finds its way into her not only her crib, but it like kind of moves around the house. So she rips it up throws it away the next morning it is literally on her doorstep back together but not it doesn't look like it was torn up and put back together with it paper. looks just minty new again yeah mm. uh, well it never looked mint well <laughs> it, it looked like it looks like in the condition that it was originally discovered by the mother at night right. um so upon burning it uh the 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 demon does the the baba duke does enter her body and she tries to kill all the kids not just the baby um, and uh, I think she's successful in the movie, but I again I haven't seen it, I just read a synopsis. I didn't oh, want to read okay. the last paragraph, so that's a horror movie, you know. It's in that top 10 I was talking about of all the worst, you know, the scariest of all time. So, um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed it, not hilarious, not as much as the next two. The next two were fucking great. Um, well, yeah, go ahead and move on. Let's move on to uh, Death Tome. Yeah, Death Tome. Uh, really enjoyed the animation style of this one. Uh, it's done in like traditional Japanese anime form, uh, which was fitting because I do know that Death Note is a beloved anime. I watched um, the entire series three times. Yeah, yeah. So we see Lisa walking around in a city. She sees multiple adverts for awful things. As she's walking around, the death tome falls from the sky and onto the ground. She picks the book up, starts to read the rules of it, which state, basically, that the book can be used to kill people. Lisa thinks it's a prank, puts it away, because she doesn't like to throw away books. Back at home, she sees a news report that Marge is watching when she walks in, talking about a... uh, Reporting on the snake jailbird who's taking the cat tofu hostage. Lisa uses the book to kill Steve with a heart attack and is shocked when it works. She goes upstairs. She's met by a Shinigami named Steve Johnson. Um, Steve Johnson tells Lisa that now that she used the book, it is hers. Lisa goes downstairs. She finds Mr. Burns is there. Mr. Burns is telling the family he's plotting to drown most of the world with his company Global Warm so that he can dock his yacht outside of his kitchen. Lisa decides to kill Burns with the book so he too, uh, so that she can save the world because she sees herself as a hero after saving the cat. Uh, she kills Burns in his sleep. That was, that was clever <clears throat> how it was done. Uh, and then Steve Johnson's like, hey, what about all the other dedicated employees at Global Warm? You've got to kill now. So, you know, she's killing and killing and killing and killing and killing and killing and killing until she's like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Liquify this person in the blender. He's like, you already did that. She said, no, that was puree. Liquify is a different setting. And she goes to sleep. Um, 
basically, uh, Lisa figures out that uh, an anonymous tipster known as L told the news that someone had been using a supernatural book to kill all these people. Lisa figures out that L is Bart and confronts him. Lisa starts to kill Bart using the book, and he's shocked that she would kill her own brother. Uh, Lisa realizes the book's corruptor and uses it to kill Steve Johnson instead. And as she celebrates her new freedom, she turns into the next Shinigami. So, okay. So, the anime of Death Note, like you, you did you watch the uh, Netflix nope. movie? No, okay. Nope. So, the way Death Note works is that the Shinigami, uh, which looks very similar to the one in her room, but it's black, like it doesn't have green hair and white makeup. Like, I don't know what the fuck that was, but. I mean that was very Joker esque, very. Um, but I didn't I didn't get why they did that. I was like, uh, okay. The way the Death Note works in the anime is that if you write a name in it and you have the person in your head, like a picture of the person in your head, whether you're looking at a picture or you already know them really well, if you write your, write their name, they will die of a heart attack. Period. Um, but if you write their name and get specific with it, then that's how they'll die. Um, but you have to know what they look like and you have to know their name. So in the anime, the Shinigami never tells light. Uh, Yam- uh, I'll just say light. Cause I can't pronounce his last name. Yamagi, Yamagi, something like that. Anyway, never tells light his name. Um, but like one of the things that Shinigami can do is they can see your death date and time above your head. And hmm. eventually eventually like a, a a person can have that same ability but it lowers their life by like half or some shit um and you don't like know half your own. Of the remaining time yeah um mm-hmm. and the more you use it the less and less you have uh so it's a gamble you don't know how long you're going to live originally but what this particular Shinigami likes to do in the anime is just drop his book on Earth and be like, whoever picks it up, let's have fun. He's not supposed to do that. Like, he's breaking the rules when he does that shit, but, you know, nobody really gets after him for it. Um, so, him telling Lisa his name is only funny to me because that's not, the, the Shinigami don't do that. They don't just tell a mortal his name or their name. And then for it to be something as simple as Steve Johnson. Yeah. Uh, there is a brilliant kid, because like Light in the in the anime is a high schooler. And he just starts taking out bad guys, right? Um, there's a young, brilliant detective named L, who's very goth, like gothy sort of, but he's he's part of a group of kids that are trained at a very young age to, to be detectives. And Light figures out that it's oh sorry, L figures out that it's light. But it took a while. Um, the there's a joke in this that was fucking hilarious to me. Oh, which one was it? Anyway, like that's that's and I don't want to ruin too much because if you plan on watching Death Note, it's it's a fun anime. It's it's super like um, what do you call it? Uh, it's very. There's no comedy in it. Like, unless you find something funny outside of the context. Because there is a very anime scene. A very, very anime scene where De- where Light 
his house is now being monitored by the police, but he still wants to, he wants to write names in the book because he says, if I can still kill people, but not, but look like I'm just studying for, you know, for school, then it'll be fine. So he puts like a piece of paper from the death note in a chip bag and he's writing names inside the chip bag and then and then dropping the pen inside the bag and then picking up the one on the outside and writing with it. He's also ambidextrous. So I think he was writing with this hand and, and eating chips and writing names on that hand. It's fucking, it's clever, right? But the way the scene is filmed, or not filmed, but shown, is like, he's like, I, I do a little studying. I breach my hand in the bag. I write a name. I pull a chip out and I bite that chip. You know, like it's super overly dramatic. And it's like, that's funny. But the context of the story isn't funny at all. It's super dark. Um, but I love it. I love it to death. The other thing about Treehouse, the Treehouse Horror, the Death Tome episode, is that the short was animated by the same studio that, that animated Death Note. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's great. Yeah, they... Uh, I don't know how or when they were asked, but I was like, that's fucking awesome. That's really cool. So, I yeah, personally cool. love it. That, that's, that's a nice touch. That's a good thing to do. So, all right, last one. So the last one, Simpsons World, uh, opens up with Homer, Homer being a monorail conductor showing his family around as he goes to tell Marge that he calls the big possum body two other people show up and say the line at the exact same time. One of the people pour beer down Homer's throat, causing him to malfunction and hit his head, revealing him to be a robot. Robot Homer starts going through iconic lines and phrases from the show before he's shut down by a park employee. The uh, malfunctioning Homer robot's taken to a backstage area to be repaired. However, he wakes up and finds himself in an unfamiliar area and finds the tablet that the employees use to change the robot's AI and puts his self-awareness up to maximum. As the park employees tell Homer they're going to have to take him apart, he accidentally knocks over a table with tools on it, which flings them into the employees beheading them. He then runs off. Where's my junk? Uh, Homer then runs off to find his family. He awakens Lisa. Uh, a Lisa robot sets her self-awareness to maximum. When she starts to have a breakdown, he scales it back just a bit to where she can handle being a machine. They then awaken the rest of the family except Grandpa. Uh, then leaves the facility as they're walking through Springfield. A couple of park goers tell Homer to do the hedge meme. He does it reluctantly, then Bart's turn, uh, Bart turns Homer's preservation setting off, and Homer then shows the park goers into the hedge, killing them. Alarm goes off through the park. Many Ralph Wiggum robots attempt to stop the runaway Simpsons as Homer, Bart, and Lisa fight off the Ralphs using references from previous episodes They get surrounded. Thinking all hope is lost, Marge then shows up in a canyon narrow and rescues them. The family leaves the park, toppling over a statue of Matt Granick as they do. And then they stop into a restaurant, uh, and they're served by Linda Belcher. They're in Bob's Burgers. They discuss what their plans for the future are. Linda sings about cheese. The camera pans out and shows they're in Bob's Burgers land. Camera keeps panning out to show a variety of other theme parks based on animated shows. There was South Park Park. There was uh, Rick and Mortyville or something like that. Uh, there was Big Mouth Mountain, uh, nice nod to Big Mouth for, on Netflix. Um, what else was there? There was Futurama. Yeah, Futurama, Rama. 
one Futurama Rama. I because I'm pretty sure they all said world, but no, it was Futurama Rama. I remember that. And there was one other one. There was a Rick and Morty, Simpsons, Bob's Burgers. Oh, uh, American uh, Family Guy one. There was a Family Guy one. Are you sure it's a Futurama Rama? Pretty sure. I'll look up that scene again because. But yeah, tells me. Anyway, uh, so what did you think of the episode? I mean, it seemed pretty formulaic. You know, it felt very. Uh, oh, okay. He's discovered he's a he's an IP, uh, and now he's self-aware, and now he's going to free those that he cares about, make them self-aware. It just kind of felt by the numbers in a way. There wasn't anything like, oh, wow, that got me or anything. You know, I didn't see that coming, anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know the source material that it's parodying. Uh, but um, you did say it was Westworld on HBO. Is that correct? Yep. yep it's HBO's Westworld. So in the show, which is, it's a great show. Like I, I do recommend it. Um, it's pretty much the same concept. Westworld is a theme park to which you can go and live out your fantasies of a Western world. The robots, animatronics, androids, whatever you want to call them, do have a certain level of intelligence. And at a certain point, one of them accidentally, turns out it wasn't accidental, but that's a whole different thing, gets their full AI capability. They are allowed to think for themselves, which turns into them going out of their way to turn on other AI. It then turns out that they do with the entire park. Now, there was a guy in the park who was going there for years. And he loved going to Westworld as a bad guy from the Wild West. What this means is he was going there and killing other robots. They're not going to like that. They did not. That's that's a that's a big big thing of contention. Um so they the guy ends up getting killed, I believe, um by an actual AI. And uh they try to break out of the park. It turns out uh, the the big surprise at the end of season 1, which whatever the show's on like the fifth season now, so Time to get caught up. Um, there was like a guy shows up with a fucking samurai sword because samurai world exists. Then it leads to like, I believe that there's a ton of other ones. Okay. And that this, so this company like just has a fantasy theme parks that were all owned by the same corporation. Mm-hmm. And we're just next door to each other, essentially. Yep. So you mm. could go to this big ass, you know, location and be like, I, right, you know what? Today, I think I want to go to medieval world or some shit, you know. But the fact that the Simpsons paired it with the idea that, um, uh, the fact the Simpsons paired it with the idea that each world is is this like part of this dystopian capitalistic future where you're able to go into a world featuring characters from different animated properties that you know of and 
you could do whatever you want when you're inside of there. Um, and that it like that it belonged to like animated series. Like it's just it's it's clever in that fact. I love it. It's so much fun. I personally loved this episode, but this is but this is exactly what I'm getting at. Like your opinion of the show. So it was okay, so it was Big Mouth Mountain, Rick and Morty Universe, SpongeBob C, Family Guy Town, Simpsons World, um, South Park Park. And I have captions on, so let me turn those off so I can see the last one. Uh, subtitles. Um, and Bob Bobsburger's Land. So that's what it was. I didn't notice that. I thought it all said world. Oh, well, there you go. But this is this is this is an issue with with uh, for me with Treehouse of Horror. Arguably, like. If you do good parody, you don't have to rely on the references. Do the references enhance it? Sure. But you thought that the Treehouse of Horror... Like, what grade would you give the episode? I mean, to me, it just came across as an average Simpsons episode, so I was going to give it a C. That's what I, that's what I assumed. To me, it's more of like a, D, a B plus. It wasn't the funniest thing I've ever seen, but I got all the references. I understood the references, so it was funnier to me. Good parody shouldn't rely on that. Like, think of Weird Al. How many songs that Weird Al parodied did you hear the original before the actual song? Most of them. And was the song still fun and still good? Yeah. That's my point. Good parody does not need uh, absolute reliance on source material. With that being said, um, that's what I kind of worried about watching this. I was like, especially the Babadook one, the Puka Duke, like it was, they just redid Babadook, but shorter and funnier. The Death Note one was clever because they were like, what would Sims what would Lisa use the Death Note for? And it was to kill people that are killing the planet because she's an environmentalist and a vegan. That made sense. That was clever. The Simpsons World one was funny to me because it had all these references from just the years of Simpsons in the past. Yeah. That I thought was kind of cool. And it was, and it wasn't just like a nostalgia fucking rush. It was more just, it was, it was funny. It made sense. So, uh, angry man yells at cloud. Like if you're going to make references in your show, tie it into the story, make it, make it be there for a reason. And I thought they did a good job with that, with this. It made sense. So, all right. Well, uh, I mean, any final thoughts on it? No, no, it was, it was, it was fine. You know, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't, it was what I expected, unfortunately. You know, I just, I'm not saying The Simpsons is a bad show. I'm just saying it doesn't do it for me anymore. Back in the 90s when that shit was new, fucking wonderful show. I ate that shit up. And, 
what was crazy is we didn't have uh, Fox. Like our cable company didn't have Fox, but a friend of mine, his grandmother in the next county over did. So he had like two or three videotapes full of six hours of the Simpsons episodes that he had recorded. And yeah, he let us borrow them and we were watching them and were mom, my mom came home and we were watching the Simpsons and she got mad as hell because my mom was strict and weird. And yeah, uh, childhood trauma. Uh, I was going to say, I had a ton of friends and when I was a kid that would just like, my mom and dad don't let me watch Simpsons. And I'm like, what, why? But then again, you know, my folks let me watch South, let me watched, let me watch South Park when I was 14 and I knew all my friends weren't allowed to watch it. So, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. Um, you know, kudos to them for still being able to put together clever shit. You know, each year they've been doing this for what, 34 fucking years now? Yeah. It has so. arguably been too long. Yeah. But hey, let's. Uh, yeah, let's move on to Andor episode nine. Andor episode nine, titled Nobody's Listening. Uh, we see Daedra Miro uh, torturing uh, Bix for information and realizes that Cassian may have been involved with the Albani attack, but she fails to learn anything about Luthan Rail, uh, who she is only knows as Axis. Um, the ISB were able to capture a rebel pilot working for Anto Krieger, who reveals a power station on Spellhouse is set to be raided by Krieger's group. Mon Mothma reunites with Vel, revealed as her cousin, encourages her to keep a low profile, maintaining the facade of a rich and politically uninvolved young woman. Uh, Mon and Coma continue working to covertly, to covertly gather funds for rebel activities to better cover up their activities. Coma is forced to bring in a Chandrillion banker named Davo Skuldun, who wants to meet Mon Mothma. Meanwhile, Olaf, an older member of Cassian's prison work crew, is euthanized by a medic as he can no longer work effectively after having a stroke. The medic secretly confirms to Cassian and work manager Kino that a, disturb, a, a disturbing rumor that a prisoner who was just released was sent back to a different level, forcing the prison to kill the entire level of prisoners to cover up the mistake. Uh, Cassian and Kino realize that the prison will never let them go, finally convincing Kino to join Cassian's scheme to escape. Uh, I'm really digging the prison stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm personally loving this entire, like, every character is compelling. Um, like, I know it's titled Andor, but I'm so happy he's not the only character, because the ISB woman who's dealing with this, Did she's marrow, fucking fine. She's awesome. Uh, uh, Cyril, Cyril? Cyril. Cyril Karn. Oh, I fucking cool. love, I love his story. The actor's doing a great job, but his story is so fascinating to me, because he's had this big fall from grace, He's got to deal with arguably the worst mom. Um, like she's fucking obnoxious. Because the second he says I got promoted, she's like, "Yeah, it's because of me." Like that's her attitude, and I'm like, "Oh, you bitch." Um, oh, Uncle Harlow will be pleased. 
uh you know you got you got mon mothma who's you know she becomes the leader of the fucking rebels and like that you see her in return of the jedi and she's and and she's the leader of the rebels like she has to get there at some point and i'm glad we get to see that uh i mean realistically dude you put i can't think of his name the actor who's the leader of the the shift Oh, you're talking about Andy Circus? Andy Circus, Jesus. Yeah, you could put him in anything and he's fucking phenomenal. Like, fucking love Andy Circus. So, to me, there's not a thing the show is doing wrong yet. Yeah, it's been really fucking solid week in and week out. We got three episodes left, you know, and I don't think that in these next three episodes they can tell this all the story of cassian andor that there is to tell there's more story here and i hope to shit there is a second season um because i'm enjoying the way this is going i enjoy seeing these early days of the rebellion seeing how it's unfolding seeing how it's coming together i enjoyed the saw guerrera uh cameo a few episodes back i want to see another one call me greedy like that but i want no, to see I mean, more I, of, I want to see more of luthan you know yeah uh, it just it's a really good show and it's a damn shame that it's not getting the numbers that it fucking deserves it's i mean we talked about this like fucking star wars fans especially the toxic ones don't know what the fuck they want they claim to know, but they have no fucking clue. Like, we want more mature Star Wars. Why the fuck aren't you watching it then? Because this is absolutely that. It's like, you're not, like, this show isn't getting the numbers. It's just going to tell Disney that, that you know, you want stuff that's more family-friendly. Which I'm not against. I love family-friendly Star Wars. But it's like, my favorite thing about the Star Wars universe is that the rules are not hard and fucking fast. The rules are a lot more loose, and you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. So why, why do we have to always get stuck in this like tiny pocket? Oh, God damn it, Maya! It's driving me nuts. Like Andor has proven that. Rogue One has proven that. That you can do whatever the fuck you want with Star Wars, and it works. There are. Th- tons of games i've played that don't fit this perfect fucking mold that everyone wants star wars to fit into that are awesome just i love this show and it drives me nuts that we aren't seeing the numbers that it deserves there's no promise of a season two of this there's no promise that we're getting more of shows that are like andor (sighs) I just, I just want to do me good. Um, well, I'm just going to say I'm giving the episode an A+. Never more than 12 hits hard as fuck, and it's awesome. What, what, um, what grade would you give it? Uh, I also echo that. I give it an A+. Um, that, that line when he said that to him, when he keeps hounding him throughout the episode, 
how many guards are there on each level? How many guards are there on each level? And then when he finally asks him after the doctor tells them, oh, yeah, they killed everybody, he's like, never more than 12. That was fucking cool. I, and, I, I don't remember if I talked to you, but I talked to my dad. I said, because we were talking about how Andy, Andor's going to get out of this prison. And I said, either someone's going to save him or he's going to have to break out himself. And I can tell you right now, story purpose-wise, it's going to be way cooler if he does it himself. Yeah. And that's 100% what we're getting. So, happy. Well, we already saw him and another inmate that were, you know, basically have been working out trying to figure a way to escape in the toilet. Yeah. So, and you know what? Kudos to them finally showing what toilets look like in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I mean, like Mandalorian did it on his, on, on the Razor Crest, there was a toilet, but... You know, this was a prison toilet. I wonder if there was any toilet hooch in that thing. You know, it's a great question. But, you know, I don't know. How many shifts does it take to make quality toilet hooch in a fucking uh, prison on Narkina 5? (laughs) These are the questions that we need to know. But uh, yeah, it's a great show. If you're not watching it, you need to. You owe it yourself to. If you were a fan of Rogue One and his character, definitely watch this if you're not. I don't know why you're not. If you... I have I have this one friend. Love them dearly. But they hate Rogue One. They say it's lazy writing because they just killed everybody. It's like they had to kill everybody. Yeah, uh, there was no choice but to kill everybody. But that's why the writing wasn't lazy, but so well. Because why were you upset that those characters died? And he was like, because they were great characters. And I was like, exactly. That's why you're upset. Why are you not watching this? Watch this. God damn it. But yeah, enough of that. Yeah, no, it drives me nuts. Uh, all right. Well, that's gonna gonna do it for us this week guys um next week's gonna be super super simple it's just two things it's episode 10 of andor which i'm so fucking looking forward to and uh which comes out the day this episode drops um weird the al yankovic story which is that weird al biopic that's a parody of biopics which is fucking genius um and that's going to be on the roku channel you should be able to download that on any service but because it's free like Download your laptop and watch. I don't know, whatever. Like, it's. I mean, I've got it downloaded on my smart TV. I don't even have to have a Roku device. I just have right. the app that's, installed on my TV. That's basically what I'm trying, what I was trying to tell everybody is that, like, the, the app is available to everyone, not just Roku owners, which is great. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all we're watching next week. Um, make sure you guys follow us on all socials, which are listed down below. If we add anything, that's what you'll know. Um, and you can, you know, watch, watch what we're watching and then, you know, listen to our review, uh, check out the Teespring store. Um, if you're looking for some merch that uh, coincides with the fall and winter season, there's plenty of stuff over there with our logo and our names on it. And if you do end up buying something, take a picture, let us know. Um, we'll give you a big old thanks on the podcast and on social media, or if you don't want a picture, just let us know and we'll, we'll give you a shout out. Um, but just, yeah, just know that all proceeds from that go right into the podcast, helping with uh, any kind of purchases or, or money we need for the, the show. Um, but, 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 but if you want to watch the live video version of today's podcast, check out our YouTube channel. 
Uh, that's where I should also be doing reviews, but I'm just a bit preoccupied these days. Uh, but yeah, that's you'll find on the YouTube channel. Um, we are going to try next week on Wednesday to do a Jackbox stream. Uh, it's been kind of crazy the past few weeks, so we haven't gotten around to it. We have the new party pack. We have not gotten to play it. Um, so uh, I'd love to actually do that since you know it was thirty dollars. <laughs> I haven't I haven't played it yet. So uh, yeah. So if you want to join us, uh, we'll, we'll put out a little ad on all socials, personal socials, which we'll list here in a second. Um, but that's going to be on uh, twitch.tv slash chubrockgeek. Uh, and Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It's also linked to my Twitter and Instagram accounts. It's your one-stop shop for everything that I'm up to. And that's me. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? You can find me under chubrockgeek on all socials. Um and uh, like I said, I, I'll try to do some more solo reviews, but it's just, it's been tough. So, and I do plan on watching those horror movies. So I'll let you guys know, you know, if I watch one and how it is. I also trying to, you know, I want to, I want to watch more of the uh, iron blooded orphans that we talked about. Um, it's a couple other animes I want to get through, you know, Dr. Who. So there's just, just a lot. There's a lot I'm behind on. So we'll see. Plus I'm playing a metric fuck ton of Overwatch 2. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it right now. It's like it's like putting on a, a comfortable pair of shoes you haven't worn in a couple of years. I don't know how many of you would do that, but I mean, it's funny when I went over to Chastity's this weekend. Her sister Joy picked me up. Uh, Misty, she met me and Misty halfway, so Misty didn't have to drive all the way over because it's like a two-hour drive. And uh, I was wearing a new pair of boots, and it was the first day I was wearing them. And she's like, oh, those boots look so cute. Are they comfortable? I said, well, the one is. <laughs> I get the joke. I, I mean, understand it. You know, I'm, I'm an amputee, everybody. I don't have one of my feet and one of my shins. I've got my shins blown off in the war. Um, but, yeah, uh, so only one's comfortable. But yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, yeah. Again, guys, Andor episode ten. Weird. The Al Yank big story. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Always remember, fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA. Donate and help all you can, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.